Hey love, welcome back to the show. I am so excited for you to tune into today's conversation where I interview Patricia Sung. Patricia is a wonderful being and she helps moms with ADHD just really conquer their productivity, motherhood, and other areas of their lives. And I got to know Patricia because we are kind of like in the same circle. We have the same business coach and I learned about the work that she's doing and I was just so I'm captivated uh, by the work that she does in in such a loving way. And I think I've mentioned this before in the podcast, but my husband, um, he is on the autism spectrum and we just found out um, sometime in 2020, like him as an adult male finding this out. And we have learned so much about this um, such a short period of time. And um, I'm just so... uh, I don't know, so curious about this and I know for some of the mamas um, in my audience, I know for some of you, you struggle with not being able to follow through with things and you wonder if there's something wrong with you and you're different than everybody else and you try things and those things don't work and you get frustrated and you really just put yourself down because you're like, what is wrong with me? And first of all, there's nothing wrong with you. You're just a beautiful being with a life story that is different than everybody else's but you know maybe it's worth looking into you know do you have ADHD or maybe you know is is there something else like for me for example as you hear in this conversation I tell you that I have a trauma brain so my brain it's while I don't have um, I'm not on the autism spectrum by any means my brain is, is wired differently than somebody who didn't have as much trauma as I did so I Hope um, that you enjoyed this conversation, that um, if you had a feeling that you're a little bit different and uh, you just don't know um, what it is, uh, maybe this can help you somehow, even if you don't have ADHD, um, maybe this conversation can still be really helpful to you and to where, uh, where you are in life. And let's dig in. Patricia, thank you so much for taking the time to come bless my audience with your knowledge. So tell them who you are and what you do. Well, thank you for having me today. I I love talking about this stuff, so I'm <laughs> excited to be here. And I help moms who have ADHD basically get their crap together and figure out how do you make your life work for you when you have a brain that is different. If you are feeling super overwhelmed or burnt out and you're looking around going like, how do all these other women make it look easy? Like, how do they have it all together? And I'm screaming on the inside. How do I figure this out? Why is this so hard for me? It could be that you have adult ADHD and you just don't know. And when you figure out how your brain works, then you can develop the strategies and the skills that make sense for you. So that's all like, that's my heart in life is to reach out to women who don't know that this is why they're struggling and just share Like, it doesn't have to be that hard. Is it going to be hard? Yes, but it doesn't have to be that hard. So I have a podcast for moms who have ADHD called motherhood and ADHD. And we talk about, I mean, the full gamut of motherhood in terms of how your ADHD affects your life, what the strategies you can use, how your hormones affect you, like the whole, all the nitty gritty. Like if someone else is afraid to talk about it, I'm like, sure, let's discuss anxiety and depression. Like we'll jump in there. Um, And then I teach classes to really dig in and help moms more one-on-one and figure out like, how do we actually make this work for you? Wow, that's fascinating. So about a year ago, uh, we found out that my husband 
is on the autism spectrum. And like for him to find out as an adult male and his whole life just kind of like finally things are making sense from childhood because he was always like, I'm so different, but I don't know what it is. And then just finding out. But then my, our therapist told him, don't use this as, as an excuse, like, oh, I'm autistic because you can't, because you still have to work hard on things. And some things are harder for you to understand and uh, neurotypical brains, but you do not get to use that as an excuse, you know? And I think what you do is so great because you, you help us. For example, I was listening to your podcast and you're talking about, it's not the planners, stop buying planners, right? You can buy planners <laughs> all day long, but we have to talk about the behind the scenes of what's going on in your brain. So can you talk to us about that? Yeah. So I, I would say I have to like, I have to touch on that because it's really important. Like thing for me is like, yes, it is how our brain works is never an excuse, but it is a reason. And so you understand how it works so that you can figure out how to make it work for you because your therapist is right. Like you still have to do all your stuff. Like as a mom, you still have to raise your kids. You still have to go to work. You still have to do all the things. How do you make it work for you? And so it's not you're right. It's not an excuse, but it is a reason. When we look at planners, what we think is like, okay, well, I'm just, I didn't find the right one for me yet. So I'm just going to find another planner. Let me try this one. It's like, okay, well, this one didn't work. Let me try this one. Well, my friend said this one's great. And here we are, like, we just keep grabbing systems and we're thinking that all of these like inanimate objects are somehow going to solve our problem. Like we're looking at this planner, like it is going to resolve our organizational issues. And this hunk of paper is never going to solve your organizational issues. It is a tool, but if you don't have an instruction manual for the tool, it doesn't do you any good. So just like if you get a circular saw, owning a circular saw is not going to make you a carpenter. It will help you be a better carpenter, but it's not going to build anything for you. (laughs) You have to learn how to use it. You have to understand like, how does this thing work? How do I turn it on? Like, what is it used for? When it is a, a, an appropriate tool and when should I get out my handsaw? And when should I, I don't even need a saw, I need a hammer. Like all of these things are tools to be utilized by you without the information on actually how to use them. It doesn't matter. And that's where you see a lot of women will struggle with this. Well, well let me just try this brand or that one. Well, this one's pretty. Maybe this brand new planner will get me excited about organizing. And we keep throwing planners at our organizational systems. But if we don't understand how to use it, it doesn't matter. We're never going to be able to fill it out in a way that makes sense for us because we don't know. And when you have a brain that's different, you always hear your whole life, people will tell you like, well, just write it in your planner or, oh, did you write that down? Well, maybe if you were more organized, then you would be able to do fill in the blank thing. But if no one has explained to you in language that you understand, then it's like you got the instruction manual in French and you don't speak French. So when you understand how your brain works and you get someone who's speaking your language and you know what, it could be that you feel like you're speaking Swahili and no one around here speaks Swahili. That's why you're like on an island by yourself because you don't understand the language everyone else is speaking. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, this makes sense. Like I can use this tool now that I get it. But most of us just grew up hearing everyone else's, like the version that made sense in their brain. And it just doesn't come together for us until someone teaches you that way. So that's why I started teaching my classes to be able to say like, this is possible. Like when you have ADHD, you can use a planner, but somebody has to explain to you how to use it because everyone else is just saying, 
just use the planner. And you're like, but what does that mean? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, what do I put on the page? What am I writing down in the book? And until you get those like line by line instructions, it's not going to make sense to you. And it's not your fault. Like, I think that's like one of the things that breaks my heart the most is that all the people who are on the autistic spectrum or who have ADHD and didn't know all this time, the whole time they're like beating their heads against the wall, trying to figure out like, why doesn't just use a planner make sense to me? Exactly. But it's, it's not your fault. No one ever explained it to you in a way that makes sense to you. So if you have that information, it's like, oh, like, okay, now, now I get it when you say use the planner because someone actually stopped and said like, these are the five things you actually need to do instead of just quote, use the planner. Oh my gosh. And I can't relate to that so much because I bought a planner this year, but something really did happen. Okay. I moved 11 times this year, four times were international moves and I wasn't planning on moving that that many times, but my planner is sitting here collecting dust. And I was excited for black Friday because I'm like, I'm going to get a new planner. And I'm like, but I didn't even use this one. Like, despite the fact that I moved this many times and this planner sitting on my desk, I could have used it a little bit better. I used it for a chunk of time and then mm-hmm. it just kind of sat there. So I love the idea of a planner and I admire people who are super organized with their time blocks and all the things. But at the end of the day, I, I'm not there. And I don't know if I'll ever be there. You know, I don't know. Maybe I should take one of your classes. <laughs> I would say, well, you're welcome to join. The, the next one's starting in January. You know, we beat ourselves up because we keep buying the planners and then we don't use them or we use them for two weeks and then they sit there and beating ourselves up doesn't get us any farther. It doesn't make the planner any easier to use. It doesn't make us any more likely to use the planner. That negative self-talk and that negative narrator that runs through women, especially runs through our heads and is telling us how we keep messing up and we're not doing things right. That is one of the worst parts about having ADHD is that your narrator is on steroids and is constantly telling you all the ways that you messed up. And it's, it's not your fault. There's nothing wrong with you. You are not broken. This is the way that you were created. And it's just a different way than everyone else was. So we can find a system that makes sense for us when we start to let go of those expectations of what everyone else expects from us. And the planner that works for the last 17 people might not be the planner that works for you. Your planner might look different than everyone else's. You might be using a combination of different tools to make sense for you. And like having that grace and that forgiveness for yourself is like half the battle. Because when we're so focused on how we're not doing a good job, all that energy is going towards that like losing end instead of actually moving forward. But when you're caught in that cycle and you don't understand why, it feels near impossible to get out of that, like that that shame spiral that you're just like spinning down the drain. So it is so common for us to feel that way. And like, I just want to like throw life preservers at all the moms and be like, this is okay. Like, this is normal. What what works for everyone else isn't going to work for you. It's okay, but we can make it work. Honestly, I don't think I'm into it to be very honest with you. Like, I'm just kind of like a more of a bohemian person. Like, let's just, I have the things I know I have to do and we just kind of go through them. But I, I do know like for my husband, 
you're right. Like if my husband makes a mistake, the shame spiral on him, it's just like, he cannot let go. And I'm like, dude, that was like an hour ago. Let's move on. But of course I don't say it. I'm thinking it because now I understand (laughs) But before the diagnosis, I had no idea, but now I do. So I know to give him time and space. Uh, But yeah, it, I can tell that it's really loud. Like some things like making mistakes for him, it's most awful thing that could happen. Like the smallest mistakes um, really affect him. Autism and ADHD have a lot of overlapping things. They are two different things, but they have a lot of overlaps. There's a lot of similarities there. And especially when you don't know, but even for people who, who did know, when you're constantly feeling like you're messing up or you're not getting it, you're always second guessing yourself in what did I do wrong? What did I not catch? What did I miss? What, like you're constantly have this, like your guards always up. You're always in this like fight or flight mode because you're always panicked. You're always anxious that you're messing something up. So when you make that mistake, it's like, oh, like all that worry that you had is now confirmed. Mm -hmm. And now you have evidence to say like, well, this, there you go, screwing up again, all those things you were worried about, they were true. And that's where we start to cement that negative narrator in our heads. And it takes years of therapy and doctors and having a community who understands you and seeing that you're not the only one. All of those things can work towards being more gracious with yourself, but it is a really long process to get through that. I always like want to like give people space to be like, yes, this is very hard, but also like there is the option for something different. It doesn't have to be like this forever. Right. And I think why I'm so drawn to the work you do is because I don't have ADD or DHD, but I do have a trauma brain. So my Very past similar is filled, right? So my past is filled with complex PTSD, which is why I can relate so much because I am constantly in fight or flight. Like somebody's mm-hmm. out to get me. Where are you coming from? You know, so I'm right. the second guessing myself. I'm always there as well. So, okay. Let's say I have this mama in my audience right now. And she's like, oh my gosh, like, this is me. I had no idea. Like, what are the next steps? What can we do? Like some big things that she can do and like some small things that she can do to see some improvements in her day to day. Yeah. So the first thing is always learning about your brain. Like you said, I mean, trauma is very similar to ADHD. Autism is like, you have all these things that are very similar, but distinctly different. And you want to learn about your brain. You want to speak with a specialist who can help you sort out like which or many of these things are you dealing with so that you can get the right treatment. And it doesn't have to be medicine. It can be medicine. And that's a very helpful tool, but there are many things you can do beyond that. So what are your options in this situation that you are in? And that's where you want to learn as much as you can about your brain and how it's working. That knowledge is so powerful in your confidence and understanding like where the things are not your fault. Cause most of the time they weren't, there are a few things sure. Like, Oh yeah, I, that was a bad choice. But most of the things that we are dealing with when we get into these, like all of these mental health issues, a lot of it is not our fault, but we still have to deal with it. Um, so learning about your brain is always number one. Um, number two is putting on your oxygen mask first. How do you take care of yourself? You can't take care of anyone else 
when, when you can't breathe. That's why on, when you're on the airplane, they always say, put your oxygen mask on first because you can then help everyone after you have your mask on. When you don't have your mask on, you can only help for a very finite amount of time and then you will pass out. So how are you going to take care of yourself first? And this is, I mean, that's like a really wide question and it's gonna be different for everyone, but finding those ways to make your load lighter, to take care of yourself. Again, it's not an, an overnight process. It's something that takes months and years to work through, but we start today. We start now making things better little by little and all of those little steps, they add up over time. And then number three is asking for help and getting support and figuring out where is it that you are really struggling and need help from others. There's a pretty good chance that if you're dealing with mental health issues, that because you think it's your own fault and you are the one who messed up and you caused the problem that you don't want to ask for help. You don't want to burden other people because you feel like it was your fault in the first place. How, how do I deserve anyone helping me? Because I'm the one who caused this problem. And that's not true. This is something that either happened to you or it's the way that you were born. And when you begin to accept that it's not all weighing on your shoulders, you can start to find ways to reach out and get that support system, whether that is professionals, whether that's your family, friends, um, so many ways that you can support yourself. Things like you know finding a community of people who are like you and can say, oh, hey, me too. You're not the only one who's dealing with that. Um, and like, like, that's why I offer my classes of how can I help you understand a way to make your life easier when you have all those ways in place, then you can start to lighten your load and have space to do the bigger work. And they kind of layer on each other. It's like the more you learn, then you figure out how to take care of yourself and you figure out the ways that work for you. And then you learn more. And it's this constant like, like layering effect of they all build upon each other because at the beginning, taking care of yourself might just look really like really basic of like, I'm going to go for a walk for five minutes and not talk to any of you people for five minutes. Like that can be self-care. Self-care can also be you know, meeting with a therapist once a week, it can be, you know, just spending time with some friends. Like there is such a widespread of ways that you can implement all of these things. And it doesn't have to be monumental stature and time commitment and all that to start. It's just taking one little step forward and that step will beget another step, which gives you another step. And eventually you'll start to see the progress, but it does take us quite a bit of time to be able to look back and be like, oh, look at where I came from. Okay, I'm making, I can see the progress now. In the midst of it, it just feels like you're not getting anywhere. And that's especially for people who have trauma or ADHD. Like when you live in that now so much, it's really hard to see the, like the difference from like a month ago or six months ago, because you're so focused on your present and your safety level that thinking that far in the future or that far back is really overwhelming. Yeah, totally. I agree with that. And I know for me, whenever things are starting to fall apart in my life, I like to take care of the external. So for me, externally, I'm simplifying, I'm getting rid of things because the less clutter I have around the house, I just, and my house needs to be serene and calm and then I can yes. focus. And then I have more time to like focus on me doing the internal things, you know, and I do, of course, like I said, I have a therapist and 
in the beginning we used to meet like every week and over a period of time it was every month and now it's kind of like you know whenever I need it you know Mm -hmm. but it was Mm -hmm. I started working with her in 2017 we're in 2021 now you know so it was a hot minute you know Um, (laughs) and I actually brought her on people need to hear that like people need to hear that it's like I am doing so much better but I've been working on this for four years we we want everything to be better right now which you know that is a good goal we shouldn't want things to be crappy forever right but to know like when we can see other people around us of like hey that person took three or four years to work through that problem when that person spent the last five years working on that goal when that person spent the last six years working on their business when we see that the people around us weren't like just overnight successes that's what people need to feel like it's doable when people have the overnight success. Well, first of all, it probably wasn't an overnight success. Mm-hmm. They probably were working on it, but yeah. that feels unattainable. But when we hear I've been working on this for 40 years and I'm in such a better place, that to me is encouraging because it can be done. Yes. And like I said, because I took the time to deal with external, which I feel like has our small wins and within my control and air quotes, you know, mm-hmm. because nothing's ever in control. Right. But, you know, <laughs> like just taking care of the external and it's something that I do, I don't know, every couple of months or so, okay, we're going to declutter, like we're going to get rid of things, yes. you know, and, uh, and then again, pouring into me the other, like a few weeks ago, I drove down to South Florida to visit my mom and on the way back up, I'm like, I have to take care of myself. So I, I don't have my, you know, my, my planner, it's nowhere to be found, but I do have this little journal that I carry with me. And I wrote mm-hmm. down, like, I needed to take care of myself. And what does that look like? And I wrote down a few things yeah. like taking a bath and I went to thrive and bought some bath bombs, which I've never done before. And I'm feeling super fancy. They're going to come in in a few <laughs> days, but like little things like that, that it's like yeah. such a treat, you know, like taking a bath and journaling, going for walks. I mean, things that I feel like have just, I've put off to the side because, you know, as moms, we're like, I can do more, keep giving me more. Mm -hmm. Even when we can't, we just say, okay, fine, I'll do it. You know, and just really having those, those clear boundaries, um, I think are super important. Um, and for everyone, like they're all different, everyone's different. And like you said, like, I just sat down for a few minutes and jotted down what I need. And that's a really quick and I would say quote in air quotes, easy way to start that process is to just take a couple of minutes and check in with yourself and be like, what would make me feel better? Because someone's going to say, yeah, I would love to take a bubble bath. And other people are going to say, I hate baths. They make me hot and sweaty. I don't want to be in there. So even if you're starting with those little bitty things, just that five minutes to say, what would make me feel better? you usually know the answer. You just haven't stopped to give your brain time to think about it. Yeah. And another thing that I did on my list is I wrote down the areas of my life. So I came up with four areas of my life that are super important. And I wrote down the bare minimum I have to do to kind of like feel like I conquered a day. So in mom life, I wrote down homeschooling and playing with the kids, but playing with the kids, it's like 20 minutes each kid. I have two. So like they feel I'm connected to them and then the business, like what are the things that I have to do? So like, I just picked uh, two to three things, the bare minimum. So if I feel like I'm Mm -hmm. falling apart, but I I did those things, which I totally can, life goes on. Like we're not just curled up in a little ball in our room, just like watching life go by, you know? Yeah. 
I'll say that's something that's actually really hard for people with ADHD is prioritizing and being able to identify those things that are like that bare minimum. If I can get these two things done, then I'm okay. That's something that's really hard for, for us. And when we're in the moment, it's extra hard. But if you, again, when you can step back and say, okay, let me think about my day. What really matters? Spending quality time with my kids, that really matters. And maybe like feeding them. And that doesn't have to look like gourmet spread. It could be, you know what? Today was a rough day and we're swinging through the drive-through. Did everyone have food? Did I connect with my kids? Like those are the, like, is that my marker? Okay, then this was a good day. As moms, we don't give ourselves that credit of like, you know what, you were two for two on keeping everyone alive and connection, like that's pretty dang good. Yeah. I was thinking yesterday, like my kids had hummus and carrots for dinner. And I was like, I'm winning in motherhood, (laughs) but it's one of those vegetables, right? Like, right. I mean, it's one of those things that are like, Oh, you know what? They're fine. Everything's fine. Like we're all, we're all fine. (laughs) Yes. And it's, and sometimes you're in that survival mode and sometimes that's a day, sometimes that's a week, sometimes that's a month or more. And when you're in survival mode, those shortcuts are okay. Public service announcement to all moms. Like when you are in survival mode, getting those little things done, it is okay. It doesn't have to be Pinterest everything on every step of your day. It's not possible. Oh my gosh. I totally agree with that. And I'm finally in a place in my motherhood journey. I mean, my older one is, will be six and my younger one is four. I don't know when it all came together that it doesn't have to be perfect that, and honestly, I, okay. I do have to say, I unfollowed everybody who put me down, not because they were trying to put me down, but like this really awesome Cinderella moms who are like, perfect. I'm like, yeah. oh gosh, I love you, but I'm feeling bad. So I'm just going to unfollow you because I can't like, and, and that did wonders for my mental health, you know? Yeah. I think social media is one of the things that they're going to be doing all these crazy studies on in the future, yes. like all the research studies to see how much it's affecting us. I mean, we know it, but I don't think we really know it. And it's hard to look at everyone else's highlight reel and think like that we're not living up to it. But if you think about how much time it took that mom to put together her fancy Cinderella spread for that Instagram post, there's no way she did that for every part of her life. So maybe she was really great at that fancy craft that day or that, you know, little bento box meal right with all the food groups. But does her whole house look like that? Or is it just the room where she took the photo? Is it like nobody's perfect all the way around? Everyone's dealing with struggles. And I feel like, I mean, the older that I get, the more that I see that everyone is dealing with something. Everyone has skeletons hiding in their closet. And it's just a matter of whether or not they're letting other people see them. Yeah. I mean, we're all hurting. Like we all have a story to tell and nothing is perfect. I mean, and I think even if you try to say like, guys, like this is not my entire life. Like there are things in the background, like there's this one influencer. I love watching her stuff. Her name is Ellen Fisher. And like, she's just like, I aspire to be her. And she always says like, there's so much more to be behind the scenes that you guys don't see. This isn't my entire life. Like she, she has a perfect life living in Hawaii with a good looking husband and the beautiful kids. But even with her saying that, like the brain doesn't register, it's still like, you still want to be her and like live the life. I I do, but yeah, it's still hard, which is why for me, 
limiting the amount I spend on social media and on all these platforms and just focusing on my family. And, and again, I don't know if it's, if it's, I agree with you. Maybe it is because I'm getting older. I'll be 36 in January. I don't know if it's the age or if I just realized that I have no idea, but I really have to protect um, what I see, you know? I was thinking the other day, like one of the biggest things that I, if I had a time machine for, I've made many mistakes in my life, dated the wrong people, but if I had a time machine and go and fix anything, I wouldn't have watched any of those like gory TV shows like Dexter and like any of the, those, because it affects your mm-hmm. brain so much. And especially yeah. if you're, first of all, I assume as I don't think we're supposed to be watching those things mm-hmm. because it desensitizes us, but also it creates so much more trauma. And for me, I already have trauma in my life and I've, I, yeah. I love those shows or I thought I loved them but sometimes I wake up with nightmares from like shows I I watched seven years ago you know but that was a tangent (laughs) no no I would say I mean like I'm actually the same way I've I used to love scary movies I loved them so much and now like I don't watch anything that I feel like is going to negatively affect my mental health because I've realized how precious it is and it's just not worth the entertainment value to me at this point. And I, I mean, I used to be a huge like horror movie junkie. Like I just love them. And now it's like, my brain is not like, I care more about my brain than that entertainment. And so I don't watch any scary movies anymore. Like I don't even watch the news. I figure someone will tell me if something important happens and I'm usually correct. Every once in a while I miss something, but someone will tell me and I want to, protect my well-being as much as I can and part of that is just not letting that stuff into my space oh my gosh I love it so much and it's like reassuring because sometimes I'm like am I just like like next level crazy but no like you're reassuring me right now so this is good yeah I'm, I'm happy for that tangent I I'm on board good so I wanted to ask you I was on a Facebook group yesterday and Somebody said, and I, I went to look for the post because I wanted to share it with you, but I couldn't find it. I guess somebody deleted it because it was it was a hot topic. People were fighting over this. But the poster said something like, you're not stuck. You just need to make a choice, like whatever. And oh my gosh, I can't remember exactly what she said, but it was something like, stop using stuck as an excuse. Just make a decision and move on with life. And then there were a bunch of moms like just saying like, I can't make a decision. I have um, ADD or whatever. So what are you saying something to, to, to that extent? Because I was like, I see the point that she's making. Just make a decision, like take take time, make a decision. We Let's not take two, three weeks to sit here and do I go left or go right? But you yeah. did mention making those decisions and making priorities are harder for somebody who is neurodivergent. So what do you have to say about that? I was like, I'm like, Ooh, that's a top, a hot topic. Um, that is to me when people make those posts, those are, I feel like a lot of times they're saying it to themselves. Like that's something that they needed to hear for them. And that if that worked for them, that's lovely. But to make those blanket statements about all people just shows me that you're not a very aware person that there are other people that are different than you. You are assuming, was the movie self-centered would be the word I'm looking for. Like you're assuming that everybody's coming from your perspective and we live in a world of what's the count now, like 5 billion people or something. Not everyone is going to come from that perspective and being aware that there are different people out there is something, unfortunately, that not everyone is aware of. 
when you say things like that and make those blanket statements, what you're doing is you're just making the people who, who can't do those things easily feel worse about themselves. So like, not to say that you shouldn't have any opinions about anything, but understanding that for people with ADHD, it is very hard to get unstuck. That's one of the definitions of how our brains work is that we have a lot of trouble with transitions, with task initiation. So when you get stuck on something, there is literally a like brain chemistry portion, like involved. It's not just a willpower issue because if it was a willpower issue, then people would do something different. What's that quote of like, kids do well when they can and to assume that your kid is purposefully not doing well at their classwork. It's usually because they need help on something, not because they don't want to do it. If they're not wanting to do something, it's probably because they're scared or they don't understand. They feel stupid. They feel shame around that and they don't know what to do next. And they don't want to ask for help because then they're going to look more stupid because not only can they not do the thing, they also can't figure out how to figure out how to do the thing. I mean, it's, it's just a very one-sided perspective when, when people say those things like, well, you just need to work harder or you just need to make a decision. Yeah, totally. And again, I see that in my husband and the beauty about, and my, my therapist, she, she loves us because we are so diverse in our relationship <laughs> with my trauma brain and, and him being neurodivergent. Uh, but anyway, there are things that my husband can teach me his perspective on things. Poof, my brain is just like, how did you come up to that? Like, how did I not see that? Yeah. So it's the beauty about this relationship of, um, a neurodivergent brain and a neurotypical brain coming together and us just doing this dance, this back and forth. It's really magical. And I'm very grateful that, that I get to have my husband in my life with such a different perspective, not just culturally, but just his brain just being wired totally different. And yeah, my husband is, he's not quick to judge. He's more chill. He's just kind of like, he's very philosophical too. And he's, there's always like a philosophical side to things. And I'm like, I don't get it for now, but talk to me, like, let me understand. And he's able to like break down these really complex subjects and like break them down to me. And I'm like, wow, I feel a little dumb, but okay, let's, life goes on. And I think just having that curiosity is a way that we can serve other people that are different than us is to just be willing to listen and be, Hey, like, can you tell me more about that? I'm, I'm interested. Can you fill me in? Can you enlighten me on where you're coming from, from that? Because a lot of what people with ADHD or autism are gifted with are things that aren't as appreciated in society. Like we're, what we appreciate is people getting things done and checking the box and producing more widgets. Whereas, you know, those of us who are neurodivergent, we do see things in a different way and you know, I'm hundred percent convinced that most of the famous inventors in our history are neurodivergent people. Because when you look at like, why on earth was Thomas Edison trying to figure out some light bulbs? Like what, what person, like who else at the time was like, yeah, you know what? I bet we could make some light here. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh, here, let me just go stand outside with my kite in the lightning storm and hope I don't get killed. What nobody else was doing that because Like, it sounds kind of crazy, but if you don't have people who are pushing the bounds and looking outside the box and 
willing to ask those big questions, our society as a whole would never move forward. We would never go to outer space. We would never consider, you know, well, we've always had gasoline cars. What if we had electric cars? Like no one else would push the line like that in the same way that neurodivergent people do. So all of those things are valuable and they are needed, but they're not as tangible and we can't quantify them as well. So um, just being willing to be curious is a huge blessing to your husband. And I'm sure you can see that in your relationship of that appreciation and that give and take is really beautiful. Yeah, it's it's awesome. And it just makes me a better human because the perspective that he has, and we're alike in many aspects. Like, for example, we met because I'm vegan and he's vegan and I was uh, backpacking in Europe and he's from Italy and I met him there. So like mm-hmm. th- those little things, you know, like being vegan, uh, our view on a lot of things are the same, but we have like totally evolved over like the past seven years together and it's been a journey. So yeah, it's been it's been awesome. And I totally agree with you, like these innovators, um, like Elon Musk, you know, like these people, they think differently. And that's how like these things that we enjoy today are because, you know, somebody was in their basement just being, you know, had our air quotes weird. Nobody could appreciate them. But then like years later, ta-da, here's, you know, the things you know and love made yeah. by some person that you called weird back, you know, 10 years ago, you know? I know. I always think of like, um, like Steve Jobs and the Waz in their yes. garage tinkering around. And I'm sure all the neighbors were just like, what are those kids, what are those weird kids doing in the garage now? And without that willingness to tinker, like we would not have the computers that we have today. Like if you just think of like the domino effect of those whole group of friends being willing to try something weird. Now here we are sitting on Zoom thousands of miles of, apart and able to have a conversation yeah. that never would have been possible without that, those yeah. weird group of kids in the garage. I told my husband the other day, it was just out of the blue, I was like, the internet's so weird. I don't understand it. Like, how can you talk to somebody like video? Like, does not make sense? I don't get it. And my husband is like, it makes total sense. And I'm like, of course it makes sense to you. I, d- I don't get it, you know, but I'm like, yeah, it's- how did this picture show up here? I know <laughs> it has something to do with ones and zeros, but I don't really understand how I, I got exactly, here. Exactly. Exactly. And of course my husband is into the geeky stuff that I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. I don't get it, but I'm glad you do. Well, Patricia, this has been like such a great conversation. I really enjoy talking to you. And I feel like I even have a better understanding on not just my husband, but of course, like having, like extending that empathy to people because I consider myself a very empathetic person. But one thing about me is that I'm all about action. Like got the problem. Like you, you told me the problem. I have a solution for you. I am so solution oriented. And I have to remind myself that I need to slow down because we're all at different paces in life and we all have different backgrounds and our brains are wired differently. And it's something that I've been working on a lot, especially this past year. Um, And something that I'm telling my audience, I've been telling them more and more recently is to tap into your intuition and to your inner self, because you know, the answers within you. And sometimes we just need to detox a little bit from all the things and just get clear and centered. And I don't know whether you you need to pick up the Bible or a journal or something that just helps you go inwards so that you can come out like a butterfly, you know, Um, I've been really encouraging them to, to, to do that because I know for myself, I'm tapping more and more into my intuition and it's not always easy. I still second guess myself, but just finding the time to get quiet, which 
I imagine for you getting quiet sounds very different than getting quiet for me. Yeah. But I, you know, just, just knowing that at the end of the day, like everything's going to be fine and you have the answers, you know? So this was a very helpful conversation for me. Yeah. Oh, no, thank you. I think that is something that I think all of us need to hear, not whether we're neurodiverse or neurotypical, that giving ourselves that space to be and really listen inward is that we do have a lot of the answers and a lot of the information but we spent so much of our lives ignoring that and thinking that we were wrong, that we have stopped listening to ourselves. We have stopped listening to our bodies because when that fight or flight was going off, it's like so overwhelming. That it's like, okay, if I don't turn down that volume or ignore it, then I can't get on with the rest of my life. So we've learned to ignore a lot of what our mind and our heart and our body tells us. So there's like an unlearning process that has to happen, but we do, we do know so much more than we give ourselves credit for and just giving yourself the space. And again, like, yeah, quiet looks different for me than for most people, but giving yourself the space. And like, if you're going on a walk or like maybe your exercise time is that quote unquote quiet time for you, or, um, just walking around outside, just being in nature is a huge win for, I think everybody, but especially people with ADHD and just creating that space to listen to yourself is that there's a lot of wisdom in there. Um, you got to sift through the muck and mire that, uh, to get there, but, but you are far more intelligent and, and brilliant and knowledgeable than you think. Totally. And I think also you know, not to start a whole new tangent here, but I think the world of social media today creating a world of distraction for us. And I can't tell, mm-hmm. like, I don't have yeah. um, ADHD, but I know that I can see somebody doing something and me totally getting distracted and, and thinking to myself, should I do that? And I think to yeah. your point where you were saying before, when you feel like you're always doing something wrong, but then you look to your right or to your left and these people seem like they have it together and you start copying them because it's working for them. So it, clearly going to work for me I think creating this whole wave of multi-passionate people who cannot focus and, <laughs> and do one thing I think social media is to blame about that to which is why I think you need to have those boundaries you know and again finding the time to get quiet and find the wisdom within because it's there yeah and being and being multi-passionate is a wonderful thing. Yes. You can you can enjoy lots of different things. You don't have to zero in on only one thing for the rest of your life. But when we can figure out like in being more judicious on where are the areas that I want to invest in and knowing that the more that I move the needle in one area, the more I'll see from that and the more other people will get from it. You can start to see like where where is this really going to be of value to me and to others? Like you can still enjoy doing three different things, but we can't enjoy doing 75 things. Right. So how do we constrain and then pull in and truly live like being true to ourselves and like the gifts that we were given by God? Like how do we hone in on that and really blossom because I think we all have a point of being here. I think we're all here for a reason. We all have jobs to do and not to say that we have the same job forever, Mm -hmm. but we're all here for a reason. And 
a lot of that is helping the other people around us. And when we doubt ourselves and we don't trust our intuition and like the wisdom that we've been given, then we're not walking in our purpose and we are not helping the other people around us that we were put here to lift up and to help. And man, life is so much better when you're walking in the point and your purpose of why you are here on this earth. Yes. I was telling my husband, I wish I was born like in the era of Da Vinci, because look at him, like he did a bajillion things and nobody looks down on him for doing all these different things. But like, and, and I feel like our society is, is shifting um, out of, you have to be good at one thing and just at one thing. I think we're more accepting now of people who do multiple things, but that's not to say, okay, here's a green pass and go get distracted, yeah. do all the things because, you know, then you, know, you do but I question, I mean, back you know, when Michelangelo was doing all his stuff, were, were his, you know, neighbors like, wow, he's so talented. Or really like, it was yeah. he the weird kid in the garage, right? Know? Probably. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. I think Da Vinci might've been the weird kid in the garage too. Yeah. And we have a, we have a different perspective now looking back, yeah. but I am very curious to be like, how many friends did Da Vinci have? Was well, he looked at as the He was kid. a busy man. I don't think he had many friends. He was <laughs> getting a bunch of different degrees and learning a bunch of different things. So, so, so yeah, I think it's perspective is always um, underappreciated. Yeah, totally. Well, thank you, Patricia. So tell us again about your podcast and where my listeners can connect with you. Ah, so the podcast is called Motherhood and ADHD, and you can find it on any major podcast app. And the same thing, my website is also motherhood and ADHD and um, my classes are also on that website. So if you want to learn how to organize your calendar and your to-do list, I have daily planning for ADHD moms. And then starting in January, we'll have the next round of time management mastery for ADHD moms, where I teach you how do you actually understand time with a brain that is different and putting those strategies into practice where you can really enjoy your motherhood and get done the stuff you need to get done, but then have time for the fun and the good stuff too. Oh, I love it. Thank you, Patricia, for coming on our show and blessing us with all your knowledge. Thank you so much for having me. Hey mama, I really hope that you enjoyed the conversation, that the conversation has blessed you in some way that it has maybe shifted the perspective or, or something has like clicked for you. If you are a mama who suspects you have ADHD, um, I hope that you feel empowered to go seek help. And, and if you don't, like if, if you just feel like, okay, there's something different about me. I'm a quirky little person, okay? Seek help, talk to somebody. There's so many resources out there and you don't have to go at it alone. There's a whole community of people just like you out there waiting for you to come join them, you know? So Sometimes I know things feel a little off and we feel so alone and misunderstood or just out of place. Trust me, I'm like one of those people, but you're here and you've got me. At the very least, you've got a friend of me, girl. And um, again, Roma, remember that you're capable, you're strong, you can do hard things. And until next time, may you be wrapped in peace, love and kindness, and I will catch you in the next episode. Bye.